Welcome to Sunday Sermons from Trinity UMC in Lincoln, a podcast to help on the faith journey. Now on to this week's message from Pastor Jeff Slater. I found a blog post this week. In fact, it was yesterday I came across a blog post that both made me chuckle. And then when I thought about it, like right here, (laughs) you know, it got me right where it needed to get me. And it's called Nine Everyday Situations That Say More About Character Than You Think. Now, I'm not going to give you all nine, but I'll give you a little taste here. What do you think when someone takes your parking spot? What is your reaction? Now, maybe this, is a, maybe this is when you're trying to park somewhere and somebody darts in in front of you. Maybe uh, you park in the same place at work every day. I know I tend to have my same space that I park in most every day. Uh, and if somebody else is parked in it, there's a little piece of me that's like, hmm, right? Okay, so what does that say about your character? Another one is, how do you react to slow internet? Now, I do not react well to slow internet. Now, there was a time when I actually got so mad that I would pound my desk a little bit. Luckily, those days are behind me. Now, now I just bottle it up on the inside, right? But it says something about your character, right? Uh, as this blogger points out, patience is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. The way we react to minor inconveniences, like a long checkout line at the grocery store or a late package delivery, says a lot about our character. You are not the center of the universe. How about this one? What you tell yourself when you make a mistake. When you make a mistake, are you the kind of person that says, oh, I'm so stupid? Or are you the kind of person that, that pretends you didn't make a mistake because only other people make a mistake? It says something about character, doesn't it? And lastly, uh, the other one I want to share here is, and and this one I told in the office before church and realized that this one might be a little more universal. How do you react when someone overfills the trash and doesn't take it out? Yep, that's the one that got me right here because I have a tendency to go, other people put up trash, they aren't considerate, aren't respectful of others. You know what? Being a judgmental critic, this blogger says, doesn't make you part of the solution. It makes you part of the problem. If it bothers you that much, you take the trash out. (laughs) Uh, Our character is revealed in so many ways, isn't it? (laughs) Well, to get into today's topic in the series... Uh, I was talking to a small business owner, and this was, uh, this was many years ago. I was talking to a small business owner, uh, and she said that a business is always either growing or shrinking. It never says stays the same. Now, my logical mind didn't like that when I first heard it. I first heard that, and I thought, oh, well, well, surely it could stay the same. I, you know, why not? It doesn't make sense that it would only be growing or shrinking. I didn't like the idea. Plus, I liked that business. I didn't want it to change, you know, and I didn't like this thought that it's always changing. But the more I thought about it and the more I looked at other businesses in the world, the more I realized just how true that is. In a world of constant motion, businesses have competitors everywhere, and either Either you're growing your customer base or somebody else is. Uh, 
or at the very least, the needs of your customers are changing. And so you have to change to keep up with them. I think it's right. A business can, neither, can never stay the same. It must always grow or shrink. Now I say this because I want to suggest this morning that the same is true for our faith and our love of God even and our character and the quality of our life. It never stays the same. It never stagnates. Either you grow in God and in life and in character or you shrink in God and life and in character. And that's what this series is all about. You know, kind of playing on the whole New Year's resolution thing. Instead of a to-do list, we have a to-be list. And uh, when, uh, when I first thought through this graphic and all, I didn't think how funny it would look to cross off the first line. Last week was humility. Done. We're all humble now. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, well, we'll at least pretend we're done and we'll move on to number two, which is putting in the effort. That's today's topic. And uh, I see Cole standing at the thing. Is my iPad up there? Sometimes, oh, well, that's it. You want to see what I'm writing? Okay, let's do it this way. <laughs> uh, oh, I see what's going on. All right. Nope, let's see if I can get the right one up. Perfect. There we go. All right. So think about it. Faith can, uh, uh, think about what your journey of faith has looked like over your life. So one, one way your, your journey might look is maybe you went to Sunday school as a kid, but you didn't grow much. You only grew a little bit. So I'm like, I'm trying to draw a line that goes up just a little bit, right? A slow growth. And then maybe you had one of these. You had one of those moments of revelation and then you've grown just a little bit after that. So there's one way a, uh, a journey of faith might look, a graph that looks something like that. Or this one, this next one looks more like what mine looked like. You know, you, you grew and you had surges. So it kind of looks like this. You had lots of little surges going up. You know, maybe there were times that you didn't grow quite as fast as others. And then you had a life event that made you really grow in your faith. And so you had this bumpy journey with, with surges as you went. Now, of course, it's also possible to fall away and to go back. And in fact, if I'm honest, uh, especially when I was in college, you know, that, that part time of life when you're trying to be independent, um, uh, if I'm honest, my faith journey had surges and then maybe went down a little bit and then had surges. And if I'm really honest, well, it's probably even bumpier than that, right? Um, Maybe your journey has been different. Maybe, maybe it started out as nothing and started here and then fell and did something like that. You know, so think about it. What does your journey of faith look like? Cole, I hate to make you get up again, but I don't think I can see my sermon again unless you put it back on the other thing. Still learning how to do this with the, the whole drawing and the iPad, and it doesn't help that I keep changing how I do it either. <laughs> So John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, he was all about this, the shape of the Christian journey and all that. In fact, he had his own uh, diagrams and processes worked out. Uh, and in fact, uh, he was part of a movement called the Holiness Movement. And today we hear the word holiness and we think uh, those special mysterious moments like we experience at communion and baptism that we can't quite explain. But in this case, holiness means living right. It means living well. It means doing the right thing. 
It means uh, being a more moral person. Uh, it's kind of an oversimplification, but that's part of where uh, the movement that John Wesley um, grew up in and then transcended. He believed strongly that we are cleansed by grace and that God's love and the way that God, um, uh, I hate to use the word saves us because that word has so much baggage, but for lack of a better one, God's salvation is a free gift to all of us. But at the same time, we have to do some work. You know, once, once God is in our lives, that doesn't mean we stop trying. <laughs> we still have to make an effort to live in a more holy way and to live uh, in a way that's close to God. And John Wesley called it moving on to perfection. Uh, and a lot of people misunderstand what he meant by perfection. Uh, I kind of think of it as living life, uh, living the Christian life perfectly. It doesn't mean we won't falter. It doesn't mean we won't make mistakes. But what it does mean is that when we do, we own those mistakes and we give them to God and accept God's uh, uh, freedom anew. And until then, we're moving on to perfection. Now, I suspect Wesley uh, had seen with his own eyes and experienced with his own heart what I said at the stop, top of this sermon, that stagnation isn't a thing, that faith never stays still. Either it grows or it shrinks. And we see these kinds of encouragements all throughout Scripture too. The Scripture that Sam read for us earlier uh, comes from Hebrews chapter 6. And I want you to hear it again because it's a, a not only a good scripture for today, but it's also at the core of who we are as Trinity. Uh, it's chapter 6 verses 1 through 3. So let's press on to maturity by moving on now, let's just stop right there. Let's press on to maturity. That's almost, that's it right there, isn't it? Let's press on. It, it, it doesn't say, it doesn't say we can rest on our laurels. It doesn't say stagnate. No, we have to press on to maturity by moving on from the basics about Christ's word. Now, Greek doesn't always translate cleanly to English, and this next sentence is kind of awkward in its grammar, but I'll read it. Let's not lay a foundation of turning away from dead works, of faith in God, of teaching about ritual ways uh, to wash with water, of laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment all over again. Let me reword that my own way here. He say, he's saying, let's not take all the good things that God has done in our lives and then have to lay those foundations again. Let's not forget where we've come from and what God has done so that God has to do that same work in us again. We're going to press on if God allows it. So let's not let our faith shrink. Let's make sure we grow. And if we do press on to maturity, that's life in Christ. That's full life in Christ. Now the other scripture I asked Sam to read is one that I chose for one word. Here it is again. Let this endurance complete its work so that you may be fully mature, complete, and lacking in nothing. Now the fully mature part, you've heard that already. The word I picked it for is this. Let this endurance create its work, complete its work. Because it does take endurance. God's gift may be free to us, but for the long haul, we do have to stick it out. We do have to, we do have to remain strong through the hard times. God helps us through. God gives us the endurance. The endurance is a gift, but we still have to endure. We still have to step up and do our part. 
It's a fine line. Many Christians fall into the trap of thinking that somehow we have to work to earn God's love, that we have to get there on our own somehow, that we're not good enough unless we live up to what God has given us. That's not it at all. No, God's gift is free, but faith is either growing or it's shrinking. And we do have to put in the effort to make sure we continue to grow. Now, every week in this series, I'm asking what our to-do is in our quest to be. Last week, we talked about humility, right? We, uh, we completed our task of humility. We talked about not thinking more of ourselves than we ought. But humility also goes the other way. It also means not thinking less of yourselves than you ought. It means owning uh, and claiming the gifts that God has given you and the good person that God really has made you to be. Neither more nor less should you think of yourself. So, this week, who did God make you to be? What are the gifts that you thought of last week? Maybe it's talents like writing or music. More likely, you're an encourager or a helper or a carer. Now, what can you do to lean into that gift? What can you do to be intentional about using your gifts better? Not just to use them, but to develop them. So if you're an encourager, if encouraging those around you comes naturally to you, how can you be more intentional about it? Can you think of anybody who needs encouragement that, that you don't normally talk to? How might you give that encouragement, a conversation, a card? How might you pray for them both before and after and develop your gift of encouragement? If you're a carer, well, you can see, right? Whatever your gift is, what can you do to develop it further? And then second, the other side of it, where do you struggle? Do you tend toward laziness? Do you tend toward fear? I'll tell you, that one's mine. I'm afraid of my own gifts in my heart if I'm honest about it. Is there something else polluting your life, muddying up the water? Your second to-do is to work on it, to name what it is that holds you back. Name it before God, ask for God's forgiveness and help, and ask God to give you the endurance to be better. Your faith is either growing or it is shrinking, free gift though it be. Wesley and I believe that growth is always possible. It's a gift from God when we accept it and the result is life. The result is that you'll live out your true gifts to, the, you, to their fullest potential. You'll be more the person that God made you to be. You'll be more you than you previously thought was possible. True life in Christ is a beautiful thing. And may God give you and me the endurance to climb a little higher every day. Would you pray with me? Oh God, we thank you for the gift of growth. Lord, how boring would life be if you made us perfect? <laughs> that sounds kind of funny, doesn't it? But it's true. Because by giving us the gift of growth, God, you let us play a hand in our own selves. You give us choice. You ask us to create with you. And so give us the strength and the endurance to build our own character. 
not just character as the world sees it, but character in partnership with you. And may we always be growing closer to you, O God. We pray it in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Thanks for joining us for this week's Sunday Sermon. For more information on growth groups or how to more fully embrace the life of faith, visit us at www.trinitylincoln.org.